0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Crash the Net again. Here with me at this time, my co-host Dylan Sobo. Dylan, how you feeling tonight? Pretty great. Celebrating our sweet 16. Episode 16 on October 16th. Yeah, man. Just uh, another day at the office for us. Uh, Just Just another day in the office. Yep, just going through 19 games tonight. Uh, All the games throughout the week. Uh, We're going to leave the weekend games to be done tomorrow uh so tune in for another special crash in that episode tomorrow uh probably gonna be done with it i want to say probably around 10 o'clock if i had to guess i agree i agree
1: based on the time the last game on sunday ends the only game on sunday seems like that one's gonna wrap up at seven get home from work yeah wrap that wrap that
0: thing up at 10 o'clock 11 o'clock posted latest yep so I'm ready to go. I don't know about you, but uh, we're we're gonna start. I'm ready on...
1: to get rolling, but based off
0: the schedule, I'm really not looking forward to these Tuesday games. But it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, we're gonna start with the disappointment first. The Lightning falling two to six against the Pittsburgh Penguins at home in the season opener. Right after they raised the Stanley Cup banner to the rafter. Uh, it was a little bit of a disappointment. The lightning couldn't get the ball, they couldn't get the puck going down ice. I was gonna say get the ball rolling, but you know it's hockey. They <laughs> ball. <laughs> I was gonna say it's <laughs> hockey, but uh, they couldn't produce on the faceoffs. D- uh, defense was lacking. The passing was god awful. Uh, I mean, it it looked like they were just trying to be pretty. It, it was like no look passes, behind the back passes. What well, was not? It, it looked like they were trying to be cute, than rather be smart. I mean, I get it's the season opener, you want to have fun in front of the crowd, but you're also the two-time, well, really now three-time Stanley Cup champs, two in the past two years. You want the third. If you're talking about being serious about a three-peat, you got to start the season off serious, and the Lightning just had nothing to go for them. And this definitely ain't it. No. And definitely I'm, just not it. That's not how to
1: start a season. That's not... What you want to show your fans on that first game, and, and you got the hometown crowd. You got pretty much the whole place was packed. I mean, it was. We were at the arena and it was yep. bumper to bumper. I mean, we're we're sitting there one step at a time to get to that section. Yeah. And forget the food lines. Oh man,
0: oh, man. that was for the birds. Oh, yeah, man. I was just like, uh, you, you remember? I was like, in the after the first period intermission, I wanted to go get food, and like, nah, now nah, now I. Not that I didn't know before, but I probably should have figured it out after, that you know, they won two cups back-to-back and then started the new season with a packed crowd. I probably should have realized not to go after first-period intermission. I mean, two, two statements off of that. First of all, I believe we
1: passed the PDQ line first. Yep. And when I say line, I'm not talking in feet. I'm talking about people length. Yep. And it had to be at least 50 or 60 people in this line, Mike.
0: I was thinking more because there was, there was the PDQ, and their people that was at the end of their line started going into another line for a completely different place. So Absolutely. I was it like. It literally
1: seemed like lines were back to back, and then on top of that, you have the bathrooms. It just. That arena, uh, Emily Arena, can handle that many people in the seats. Yep. It is not built to be able to hold that amount of people in the hallways. Nope. But I yeah. mean, you got, you got three levels to choose from and you got pretty much the same consistent restaurants on each level. Yep. And I imagined the same way that it was at, in the three hundreds would be the exact same that it was in one hundreds and two hundreds and two hundreds is like lounge box box. Stuff like that, yeah.
0: But back to the game at hand, the first period, you know, the Lightning held them off. There was no goals coming in the first. The Lightning were getting outshot, though. It, it was I, I want to say what was it? It was like seven to fourteen at the end of the first in shots. Lightning, uh, not the strong favor there. They they weren't really uh strong on shots until the third period came in. But it it was uh it was hard to watch Danton Heinen scoring the first goal twelve seconds into the second period. I don't know if you remember that off a snapshot. It what it wasn't a great look. Like you had some sloppy plays in the first period. You would think that you know Coop talked to him and lit lit a fire underneath him. And they Exactly, came out
1: you figure the Kings will be knocked out by the start of that second period, but the Penguins did an amazing job at just shutting them down, and putting that puck into the back of the net, and then all of a sudden everyone else looks up at the clock, and it's literally 1946 or 1942,
0: whatever it was, left. Yeah, it was and 12, it's 12 just seconds. Heart, it's heart-wrenching, really. Yeah, it, and then uh, former Bolt, Brian Boyle, was the next one to score. So yeah, that was lovely. It had, it had to feel a little awkward to score against the hometown team in the hometown. So it was, that was uh, that was different, too, 4-11 into the second. Like, it just felt like they piled on the goals real quick. Um, Lightning took took a beating there in the second period, 11- uh, 11... yeah. And that's usually
1: where the Lightning have their most success, is the second to third period. Yep. And it just,
0: nothing was doing- no, there was eleven shots from Pittsburgh and eight from Tampa. Uh, the face-off am I'm, am I'm actually surprised looking at this stat right now. The Lightning were favored fifty point seven percent on the face-off compared to Pittsburgh's forty-nine point three. I would have had oh it—I would have had it a completely different way. It looked like the Lightning were getting shut down and face-off after face-off after face-off.
1: Uh, Absolutely.
0: If if it were if somebody were to ask me after the
1: game without knowing that stat and they said what was the face off percentage with a straight
0: face, I would literally say eighty twenty Penguins. Yeah. It 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 was like I don't know what it was or what was going on, but point wasn't able to get anything off the face off. Uh, no. I didn't see Palat, Nothing. Yeah. And when I say Palat, usually he doesn't take face offs, but we were tossed
1: on so many occasions that we get wingers thrown in there and there's just nothing doing because at end of the day it it's their centerman versus some guy on our team
0: yeah uh, next we had Dominic Simon scoring or Dominic Simon uh, scoring again for Pittsburgh 11-32 into the third and that's I think it was after three the lightning started to show up a little bit uh, Sorelli would get a tip-in shot right in front uh, assisted by Hedman and Stamkos, uh, making the game 3-1. It was a little too soon, too late, Uh fourteen twenty three into the third, so you had like 30-odd seconds left to to make a difference. Or, not 30-odd seconds, I'm sorry. It was a few minutes and a few-odd seconds to make a difference, and it, it was just a little too late. Uh, Teddy Bluger would be next to score for uh, Pittsburgh. Alex Kalorn ended up getting the snapshot in. So it's 4 to 2. Again, too little, too late. Evan Rodriguez and Brian Russ would seal the deal. Um, yep. That was 5 to 2 and then I believe it was the empty net after that. Yeah. Which uh the Lightning went 0 and 1 in their uh season opener already. Not a good look for Tampa. Um Penguins look on fire. They no Sidney Crosby. No Evgeny Malkin, and the rookies and the young guys are still able to pull it out. So kudos to Pittsburgh, but you you hate to see that in the home opener for the Lightning. You take this one, and you scratch it up, and you say, like, we'll come back, and we'll bounce back after. Next, we got the Kraken against the Golden Knights. It was the... The battle against the two newest teams in the NHL, as the as the Kraken fell three to four against Vegas in Vegas. Uh, Vegas goals coming from Max Pacioretty, two of them, uh, and Jonathan Marchessault as well as Chandler Stevenson. Big goals coming from the veterans. Love to see Jonathan Marchessault finally, uh, you know, in, in a place where he belongs. You know, uh, he was getting scratched with the Lightning, and then played for the Panthers, where he really got a chance to shine. And now playing for Vegas, he's shining on every single play that uh, that he's uh, that he plays. You know, every single line that he's on, he's always capitalizing. Love to see it from him. And uh, absolutely, yeah. This game heavily
1: favored the Golden Knights in the first and second period. Um, Obviously, blew him out first period. I believe it was two nothing at the end of the first. Yep. And then it continued on three nothing into the second period, and then eventually, I believe Ryan Donato was the one who ends up netting Seattle's first goal Correct. in NHL Off of history. Backhand. Yep. And they go on to get, I believe, one or two more unanswered. Two more and unanswered. It was, it was looking two more. Yep. And it was
0: looking very, very good for Seattle there, but. Vegas finishes them off. Yep, Jerry McCann and uh, great game nonetheless. Yeah, Jared McCann and Morgan Geeky score the two goals that go unanswered in the second, as well as into the third period. But uh, Chandler Stevenson uh, puts the nail in the coffin on a deflected shot. You gotta you gotta feel for Seattle on this one. It being deflected, you don't you don't want to see your team go out like that. I mean, uh, yeah,
1: um, yeah, unfortunate ending there. But on the bright note for Seattle, um, you're brand new in the league. You're playing in Vegas' house in your first game, and you make it that close. That's something to be proud of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially looking at the the stat sheet right now. Seattle had more shots on goal throughout the entire game compared to Vegas. It was 31-30. The face-off percentage for... Their first game was actually fairly decent at forty eight percent compared to fifty two for Vegas. Uh, both teams were zero for three on their power play. Both had eight penalty minutes, but Seattle thirty three hits compared to twenty six for Vegas. Uh, so some big takeaways here. Uh, Seattle looked like they controlled most of the game. Just things didn't go their way in the third period. Um, you know. It, Chandler Stevenson was just left there on that deflected shot but I mean what can you do I mean you played a phenomenal game it's your first game uh your you know your first uh opening season game and you came off with a 3-4 loss that's not something to be disappointed about I mean it, it at least it's not the lightning that <laughs> you lose 2 to 6 in but yeah I mean, yeah that was not, dumb, not a fun one no but I mean being down by one in your first game as a team, that, that's not disappointing. You, you showed it on the stat sheet. You showed it on the ice. N- nothing to be uh, ashamed about here.
1: No, I totally agree.
0: Seattle really is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as we go into Wednesday's games, I'm going to say I told you so with Colorado as uh, the Avalanche took the 4-2 victory at home. In their home opener against Chicago, the four-two, the four goals came from Jack Johnson, Gabriel Landeskog, Bowen Byram, and Nazem Kadri. Uh, I, mean, me personally, I don't like Kadri. I no, I'm not a Kadri person myself. No, just, you can't play dirty, man. It, to me, he's just a dirty player. How many times has he's? Been, has he been suspended? How many times has uh, he he had some dirty calls against him? I'm not a I'm not a big fan of him, but uh, I want to say he's almost on
1: the suspension level, and it, and it came quietly. I want to say he's almost up there with Tom Wilson in terms of suspension time. Yeah. Because when when cat when Cadre gets suspended, it's for a hefty amount oh, yeah. of time.
0: Oh yeah. You'll see him suspended for like six or seven games exactly compared to what a Wilson maybe two or three yeah yeah it, it cashes up quick <laughs> oh yeah and then uh we noticed from Chicago Dominic Kubalik and uh Kubalik and Connor Murphy scored the two goals for Chicago off a power play goal and a wrist shot uh, from Connor Murphy um uh, big name players here Dominic Kubalik a rising star Connor Murphy has been in the league a little bit um very good looks for them I mean I I know that they didn't get the W that they wanted but they played well on the ice No, no nothing you know out of the ordinary uh, I'm actually uh, a little surprised with Colorado because um, their face off weren't all that great Chicago took a lot of the face off wins for themselves and Colorado didn't seem to capitalize on face offs, nor the power play. Chicago looked to take advantage there as well. They did yeah. ha- they did have more nope. hits though. So I mean you know, not not too great a looks, but yeah. you know, they come off with a four two win. Absolutely.
1: So you're not concerned at all with Colorado's power play?
0: From um the
1: preseason till right now?
0: Um I mean, they were over four, but again, like you're also playing in Chicago. Jonathan Taze is back out on the ice, uh, as far as I'm aware. Patrick Kane right, is I there. I figured
1: it was the strength of their penalty kill that'll probably do him in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, when you when you have some strong players in Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, uh, Dominic Kubalik, and and others, you know, it, it's gonna be difficult to get power play goals. I mean, they they're really Defensive, offensive players—if that makes Uh, sense—Chicago is actually pretty known for it. I mean, they—they shut down the Bolts in twenty fifteen. You know, they—they're known for it. So I mean, kudos to Chicago on capitalizing on power play goal, but they didn't get the victory here. Colorado prevailed. That's amazing. And if you really think
1: about this, you really you really break this one down in net for the Blackhawks. You have Flurry, right? Yep. And on top of the four goals that Colorado had scored, assuming they converted about half of their power plays, you're looking at
0: a 6 to 2, almost higher game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you got lucky there. Yeah, and here's the funny thing I'm pretty sure Nathan McKinnon was out this game with COVID.
1: Oh, goodness. Oh, that's not good. I hope he's feeling
0: better. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sure he will be. He's a strong guy. I'm I'm sure he'll be back on, on the ice real soon. You know, just got to go through all the COVID procedures and protocols and whatnot. Uh, I'm guessing... Yep. We know how that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they sent him home for a bit. Um, uh, Good for Colorado to get this win, though. Uh, especially with no Nathan McKinnon in the building. Big win for Colorado. Kudos to them. Hope to see more of that as the season goes on. Next, we got the Oilers taking the 3-2 win at home for their home opener against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh Edmonton's goals are from Jesse Puljujarvi, Zach Hyman, and Kyle Turris finishes them off in the shootout. But two goals uh from Vancouver, one of them that you know very well, OEL Oliver Eggman Larson starts, you know, starts the career, starts the season off right with a goal
1: absolutely this is the move that we were
0: talking about in the off season that would really be
1: a difference maker for the Canucks and first game out there goes to show you that this this guy means business
0: yeah I mean nobody would have thought that he would have not that he wouldn't have played well with Vancouver because we know OEL as a as a player he's he's incredible so I wouldn't have predicted him to do so well but I, I like that he's finding his niche there in Vancouver so
1: absolutely but also when you compare him to the rest of the roster I mean you got to expect him to possibly be one of the leading point scores over there it really depends on the success that the Canucks have over there in western Canada Mm -hmm. but I wish I really do wish them all the best it is hard for me to watch those games I am getting older can't stay up as late as I used to be able to but yep. hopefully, if I can catch one of them eight o'clock games, maybe halfway through a ten o'clock. But don't expect me to be up for for the whole three periods of that. No way.
0: I'm the same way, man. But Quinn Hughes got the second goal in there, so I'm I'm not surprised. Quinn Hughes has been an up and coming star as well. You know uh, the then, whole Hughes family. We'll get into it later on, but dang. Yeah, I just I, I love to see the Hughes brothers and every that entire family doing well. So. When he was gets his first goal in the the home opener, so re- really nice to see. Next, we got the Capitals taking the five one win against the Rangers at home. And geez, yeah, this all, was these, a slap. all these all these. I I watched this one. All these and home teams. I, you got to feel for the Rangers, man. Yeah, I mean Chris Kreider being the lone goal scorer. I mean, it, that one of the veterans of the league has to score for your team. The new guy's gotta gotta step it up. I mean, Ovechkin scored twice here, so I mean, it's it's known. Alex Ovechkin is always gonna score, and not just once. So expect more of that as the season goes on. You're gonna see probably like forty goals from this man come to the, the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised. He put up like thirty seven or so last year, and he ups it almost every year. Those numbers keep climbing for Ove o- Ovechkin. You know, like he's trying to break a lot of records absolutely
1: and speaking of the records that he's trying to break i believe one of them is power play goals and this game proved it right here with the special teams coming through for the capitals but on the opposite end of the stick not much doing for the rangers because i want to say they had about five opportunities and i think they had one power play goal i don't know
0: who scored it but it the rangers had the one power play goal from from chris Kreider from the get-go yeah from, from the get-go, the, the face-offs were non-existent. I, I mean, like they, they showed that the Rangers had more of a face-off percentage win than uh, Washington did, but Washington capitalized on three power plays out of their six, so they were 50-50 on the power play. A lot of hits in this game uh, coming from the Rangers. But they just couldn't get it done, man. And th- this, was, this was one that slapped them right in the mouth. I couldn't
1: agree more. I just, why is it, Mike? Why is it my teams that are we suffer?
0: Uh, not always. I mean, you, you, Arizona played well in the preseason. I haven't seen any anything in their in the regular season yet because uh, we haven't covered it yet. But you know, the Rangers are the Rangers are the Rangers. They're better than Detroit, though. I'm gonna put it up there like that. And we'll get into the Detroit game against the Lightning later. But uh, next we're going to jump into the Canadians against the Maple Leafs. Jonathan Druin scoring the long goal for Montreal. So good to have Druin back out on the ice. And Pierre Engvall and William Nylander, the two goal scorers for uh, Toronto. Thoughts on this game?
1: This was another one. That had a lot of opportunities for the special teams to get out there, and again, p- penalty kill coming up
0: strong for each of these teams. Yeah, I mean, looking at the power play units, Toronto were, was one for three. Montreal was zero for four. Penalty minutes were huge against uh, against uh, Toronto because Montreal had 6 and Toronto had 8. The hits were up there though. Montreal had 32 of them. So big hits, you know, coming from the uh the guys that played against the Stanley Cup champs. I yeah. I would, I would figure that And you know when they... you're playing
1: at that level, you got to hit hard to be able to get yourself known and make yourself um present and open in front.
0: Yeah, I w- I would figure they were going to come out with some fire after losing in game five. So, you know, like, they they, were they're going to come out all guns blazing. Yeah, absolutely, but Toronto still found a way to
1: get out there and get it done.
0: Yeah, you can say it was the power plays. You could say it was the penalties. But I, I just think, like, if the game probably went on for another, I don't know, five to eight minutes, that game could have been very different. Montreal probably could have scored uh, in the last minutes, it could have tied the game up. They could have went into overtime. Who knows? But Toronto came up with a 2-1 win. And we'll see how Toronto fares getting uh, deeper into the season. Yeah,
1: possibly. Toronto definitely had a lot of action directly in front of that goaltender. And when you're getting a lot of looks, you're looking for deflections and what have you. Just get that puck to the net. Good things happen. That's yep. majority of what happened this game. And that was... Pretty much what it
0: did in uh, the Canadians. Yeah. Uh, going on next was the Ducks four one win at home. Jeez, a lot of home wins. Looking at all of them. Yes, every every game today was a, was a home win, and usually
1: I do favor the home team
0: ma- majority of the time. Yeah, I don't think you do this time though, because it's the Ducks. <laughs> you know, Kevin Shattenkirk. In
1: Honda Center. Mm,
0: No, I would would probably pick the Ducks for this one. Yeah, you got Kevin Shattenkirk, Mason McTavish, Adam Henrique, and Ricard Raquel scoring the four goals for Anaheim. Good looks coming from them. I mean, wrist shots, power play goals, two of them actually. One tipping up front. Uh, Kyle Connor is the lone goal scorer for uh, Winnipeg off a slap shot here, 348 into the second. But, um, you know, Ducks pulled his win off. They were down on shots compared to Winnipeg. They were down on the face-off. They cleared the power play unit 2-for-5 uh, out of Winnipeg's 0-for-5. There was a lot of time in the box. 38 minutes oh, total. Yeah. 24 coming from Anaheim and 14 from Winnipeg. 25 hits from Winnipeg as well. Uh, yeah, Ducks were completely outshot except for the second period. That's where they looked like that they were um, that they were really starting to be at least look like sharpshooters, but it looked like that they were sharpshooters from the get-go. 4-1, to one, I mean, at home, I guess they really wanted to show off for the home crowd. Yeah, absolutely, and you
1: gotta give full credit over here to John Gibson, who's a veteran in the league, longtime Ducks player,
0: and... Man,
1: pretty much let nothing buy
0: him. Yeah. Let's well, one buy him, but, I mean, like, you can't be disappointed here. It was just one exactly. goal out of the four exactly. that they Rel- had.
1: When, when you're taking on, what was it, like 30, 30-some-odd shots they had? Yep. 34 shots on net, one goes in.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's laughable, but like we said about preseason, it's the beginning of the season, so we got to keep looking and seeing how, how things turn out. Exactly, we just got to wait and see how these uh, first 10 games play out and figure out basically who's rolling and who's not. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed with how the Lightning played in the home opener, but as we move into Thursday's game, as they triumphed over the Red Wings, it shouldn't have went this far. It was... This game was a hot mess. Yeah, the Lightning... The Lightning came out with the 7-6 victory in overtime, but it shouldn't have even went that far. No, if I'm not
1: mistaken, this game was six to three, with about with roughly six and a half to go in the third period. Yep. And you come back six four from Stamkos, six five from Stamkos, and then you had a six six tie to Kalorn. Yep. And then 7 to 6 overtime, you have Andre Pilat tipping it home. And the beauty of this one was the look on Red Wings fans' face in the crowd. Yeah. And I saw it on my Twitter, and the comment was just zoom in on the different reactions, and it made <laughs> my night.
0: It didn't mind, too. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, it shouldn't have went that far. You see, like, how disappointing it looks at the beginning of the game. Dylan Larkin scores the first goal in the first period. Tyler Bertuzzi scores four. Four the, consecutive, correct. No, yep. two, and then is interrupted by Andre Palat. Scores again. Stamko scores two. Bertuzzi scores again. Followed by a former Bolt, Vlad Nemesnikov. That makes it 6-3. Yeah. And Nemesnikov... What I meant by
1: four consecutive for Bertuzzi, meaning four Detroit... Yes. It was four consecutive.
0: Yes. And then, um, after Nemesnikov scores for for Detroit, there was seven ten. That was that was seven ten uh, going into the third, and then Ross Colton, Nikita Kucherov, and Alex Kalorn laid in. So, big goals coming from uh, the veterans here, Nikita Kucherov especially, Ross Colton, the the young up and comer. He started his first season last year going to the, going and uh, winning the Cup with the Bolts. And Alex Killorn, who signed his eight-year contract a few years ago. So looking forward to seeing more of uh, Killorn's progression. Andre Pallott seals the deal in overtime with an assist from Victor Hedman and Braden Point. So huge things happening here. It shouldn't have went as far as, uh, as it did. You know... Uh, just happy to see the Bulls come out with the win. Yeah,
1: there's some magical
0: things are done
1: by players who play for this city, and I have I have no explanation for how or why they did it, the way they did it, but it ended up being the all-time NHL record for, I want to say, fastest comeback in regular season history, down by three or more goals.
0: Yeah, I, I was... Like I said, I'm shocked because they were down 6-3. I mean, they had time left on the clock, but still, being down 6-3 in the third period, it's it's not the greatest of looks. But they came out with the victory. That's all that we can be happy for. Next, the LA Kings come out with a 6-2 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Thoughts on your Kings here?
1: Much needed for the city of L.A.
0: Great season opener,
1: especially at home in Staples Center. Couldn't be happier for these boys. And I'll let you run through the goal scores because, man, it's a thing of beauty.
0: One uh, from Dustin Brown. I didn't know if you knew this, but Andrzej Kopitar with the hat trick. Opening Ooh, night. Ooh, that's, fa- that's fancy. Opening night, Andrzej Kopitar, the captain, you know, comes out with the hat trick it that it's incredible to see like you know just to have the captain in the very opening game of the season score 3 and they were two consecutive followed by Drew Doughty and then Andre Kopitar scores again so you have Dustin Brown Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty the two Vegas goals coming from Shea Theodore and Chandler Stevenson. These guys look like that they're going to be big-time players with Vegas. I mean, Chandler Stevenson, known to be playing with Washington, got traded. And uh, Shea Theodore has always been, since he's been with Vegas, he's been a hell of a player. Absolutely. And, they
1: get, and Chandler Stevenson broke out in the season opener and then in this game as well. So you got that to look forward to with the Vegas organization, and also with the Kings. I mean, their special teams units on both sides of the ice are absolutely fantastic. I have nothing bad to
0: say. No, neither do I. Uh, just a lot of great looks coming from LA. Looked completely dominant, and they did. I mean, like look at their shots on goal, forty-seven compared to twenty-five. The only thing Vegas really had on them was the face-off percentages and the hits. But besides that. L.A. completely dominated this game, controlling the neutral zone, controlling uh, controlling their passing abilities, their line changes. Everything worked in unison. Great plays, great looks coming from L.A. And I hope that they continue this as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, majority of the shots coming for the right-hand circle and looking for deflections in front. Didn't even need them. Look out for the Kings
0: this year. Yeah, I mean, not just the Kings, but he, here come the Stars with the 3-2 victory over the Rangers. Uh, like you said before, something's going up with the Rangers. I mean, they're not going to – I don't think that they're going to be in the playoff run, but I don't think they're they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel like we've been saying. I have
1: no idea. I, I have no idea of the development of the Metro division right now. But uh, as it is right now, from what I can see – Overtime and shootout losses result in one
0: point, and getting one point ain't enough to carry you all the way through. No, it does help to have them, though. I mean, like, when you're – as you go later on into the season, maybe it's that one point that you do need. Yeah, I mean, if it's close, but this yeah. early, you need the two points. I've yeah. been saying it. you got to have two points. Yeah. you got to have two points. you got to have two points, and you got to play the full 60. Exactly. So you got – Jacob Peterson, Radic Foxa, and Miro Heiskanen scoring for uh, Dallas. Putting up those That's three all big goals. all big-name
1: veterans who have the pain of losing in the Stanley Cup Final. And you, you, you guys know that you, they're hungry.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially the young Miro Heiskanen. So be prepared for him to to start doing some big things with Dallas. I know that uh, he he's been in the league for just a little bit. But he showed promise in the cup run that they had after before they faced the Bolts. Adam Fox and Chris Kreider, the lone goal scorers for New York. Uh, Adam Fox had a wrist, uh, wrist goal there, a wrist shot, and uh, Chris Kreider had a tip-in in front. So, you know, not not too shabby. They were both 50-50 on the face-offs. Um, Dallas was better on the power play. They were 1-2 for two, while New York was 0-4. New York spent 6 minutes in the box total they had more shots on goal though so give all the kudos there to the Rangers especially with their hits they had 32 compared to 23 but ultimately Dallas took control absolutely and 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 as far as
1: Adam Fox goes former Norris Trophy winner let's see how far he carries him will it result in a playoff run who knows but I I never was sold on Adam Fox but hopefully he does well for the
0: city of new york yeah and you remember what i was talking about when we were watching the lightning play at that game control 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 is the one main thing that you have to have when you're on the ice control the puck control the zone if you don't control the neutral zone or you don't control the offensive zone you're not winning this game and you got to play the full 60 minutes you got to make those those consistent line changes you can't be sloppy. You can't make these uh, no-look passes. You've got to be confident in what you're doing. Absolutely, and to play off on that, control through the neutral zone. you
1: got to control it into the actual offensive zone. You can't be playing this jump, dump-and-charge, dump-and-chase type game. It's just not going to pay off for you cause back, because back checks are so strong nowadays that there's not much you can do.
0: No. Yeah. That's why you got to continue... To push through, if you push through the neutral zone and you get into the offensive zone, no offsides come in. You 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 have to be watching your linesmen here. Like your your wingers are gonna be your most important key players as a centerman. You gotta be able to play off of them. You can't just go offsides. I mean, I know that you gotta do that sometimes to make to create line changes and all. But when you're in the in that moment and you're trying to get a one up over the other team the advantage has to be that you control the neutral zone and you get into the offensive zone no matter what it takes you got to push through and you got to push through those 60 minutes so the rangers got to start pulling things together i mean they they took two losses already so they 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 have to be able to push and play the full 60 next we got the panthers taking the 5-4 win at home against the penguins is this looking disastrous for the Lightning? If the Florida Panthers can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins at home... <laughs> I love these. <laughs> I'm just... The Lightning lose 2-6 to six at home to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes on the road to Sunrise in Florida and lose 4-5 to five against Florida. Is Florida going to be dominant this season? These, like... Don't
1: scare me, you know. It's like, it's like, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so beats so-and-so, and then another team beats so-and-so. Does that mean you technically are, like, the best team in the world? No. Panthers have their flaws as well. You know, obviously, they're a tough team. Look pretty solid um, playing in this game, obviously. Penguins carry them to to overtime. But, end of the day, I'm not too scared of Panthers. And... Their stats pretty fair but nothing really jumped out at me.
0: Now the faceoff percentage looked nasty for me. Yeah. Faceoff percentages, their penalty minutes, their hits, shots on goal. They had what, double the shots that we had. They were a little they were like 1 or 2% better than us on the faceoff. That they're converting. The only thing that they're not doing better than the lightning are right now is shots on goal per period. Power play. Their power play is soft. Yeah, they, they went 0 for six. But the goal scorers from Florida were Carter Vihy, Anthony Duclair, Aaron and uh Aaron Eckblad. Two from Verhage, two from Ekblad, and one from DeClaire. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh had Danton Heinen, Jeff Carter, Jay Gensel, and Evgeny or not Evgeny, I'm sorry, Evan Rodriguez, I know Malkin is still out with an injury. I'm pretty sure it was a wrist injury from Malkin and I think Sid had a lower body injury. I think he was still dealing with um I'm I, I wanted to hear that he had surgery. I think that's what I heard. That uh, Sid had a some kind of surgery during the off season. I know Evgeny Malkin had a wrist surgery, and I think that's what he's recovering from as well. But yeah, hopefully the other the additional
1: Penguins players can uh, fend off the rest of this league for as long as they can. And hopefully by the time Malkin and Crosby are back, it's pretty much all
0: all wins and moving on to the next day. Are you surprised with the next game's victory? Buffalo Sabers win you, 5 oh. to 1 at home against Montreal. <laughs> no Jack Eichel to be seen here.
1: This one really surprised me. I want to say that this is the Sabers' um season opener. It is. Yeah. So, Sabers at home. And you absolutely bust up the Canadians in this one, man, great one from Buffalo, much needed for the fans and the players on this roster, yeah, kind and of. for the lack of hits that were thrown in this one, th- this seemed like a very physical
0: game to me, Mikey it looked physical. I mean, you had guys that were that you know were dominant throughout the entire game of uh, the entire play. They dominated the plays on the ice. They dominated uh, the neutral zone. They dominated the offensive zone. They didn't let up at all. I mean, the only goal that came from Montreal was Chris Weidman. But Kyle Oposo scores the first goal of the opener of the season, 640 into the first on a wrist shot, off a power play goal as well. Uh, Zemgus Girgensons will score the second one. Victor Olofsson for the third. Anders Bjork with the fourth. Finishing him with Tage Thompson. The young up and coming Tage Thompson will uh, seal the deal here. He's only played in two games and has had one goal with one point this season. So good looks coming from Tage Thompson. I want to see him do his do well he's gonna be a dominant player in in the future absolutely and after this game you know obviously we're not to today's date
1: yet but Montreal still hasn't picked up a win in the regular season yet so could be something to keep an eye on
0: yeah it could be something to keep an eye on I mean you would think after falling short in the Stanley Cup final you would think that they you know that this game or the you know, the past few games would light a fire underneath them. They gotta find exactly. something here. Come I know up that, a
1: little bit stronger than
0: they have. I know that they've had some problems in their front office, and uh, new coaching changes, and, and what have you. But you know, it's time to step up and play hockey. This is the regular season we're talking about. You guys have waited three months to get back out on the ice. Now you're here and already down two games. Not good. Not good for Montreal. Senators no, will some, take... I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, Senators will definitely take the 3-2 victory over the Maple Leafs here. 36 shots compared to 48. Great game by Ottawa. They're not really known to have a very offensive game. But they played well. They they had more control than, i say, Toronto did. You had goals from Chris Tierney and uh, Tyler Ennis... Uh, Alex Formenton, so three three great goal scorers there. You want to see more uh, from Ottawa. I know I kind of want to just because I, um, I don't like seeing them at the bottom of the barrel in the Canadian division. I prefer, Exactly. I That's pre- definitely how I feel as well. Them being associated with Canada, obviously,
1: and then along with being in the Atlantic division with us as well. Um, end of the day, Ottawa had a great preseason. I was very happy with them. And I know we haven't talked about signings recently, but um Matthew Kachuk re-signed for a very long period of time for a decent amount of money. I wanna say seven years fifty plus million. Yeah, What doesn't he play for Calgary? Matthew? Oh did I make a mistake? I thought it was on I thought it
0: was the Senators. No, Brady Kachuk is the one who plays for the Senators. Matthew Kachuk. Maybe it is. was Bra- maybe Brady was the one who signed for seven. He might have been. I, I know that it was Matthew. Yeah, it was Brady Kachuk to sign the seven-year deal. There Math. it is. Yeah. Okay. So Ron Kachuk, correct no. team, no biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching their yeah. dad when I was younger. Adam Kachuk, I think his name was, but uh, I remember uh, Keith. Keith Kachuk. I'm sorry. I, I remember yeah. watching Nasty him play as a dude. kid. Yeah. Nasty
1: dude. Definitely don't want to come across that guy in the back alley. <laughs> I will pass.
0: <laughs> pass. Pass the puck or pass on him? <laughs> Both. Because <laughs> I don't want the puck if he's coming at me. No. But uh, next on the agenda, we got the Hurricanes taking the 6-3 win against the New York Islanders at home. You know, you probably already knew that this was going to happen. Hurricanes having 41 shots compared to 28 against the Islanders. Islanders uh, were lucky to even be in the Stanley Cup playoff picture going seven. They went seven with the Lightning. They were lucky to go seven. At least they that's... were
1: very lucky to go seven, but
0: the fact that they've
1: been there, done that, got the t-shirt for the past what seems like four years doesn't surprise me. No. So I'm really glad that Carolina shut them down. Hopefully it ends their reign early.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got some really great looks here from Carolina. You have Andre Svechnikov. You know, he, he's he been doing very well ever since he came to the organization. Jesper Foss Svechnikov with a three-point show. Yeah, two goals on the night. Uh, you had Jesper Foss, Jordan Martinuk, and Nino Niederreiter, and Tevo Taravainen. Taravainen being a veteran of the league, he's never disappointed. He always plays fairly well almost every single season. Last season in 2020 to 2021 season, he had five goals, 10 assists. The year before, 15 and 48. The season before that, 21 and 55. So he's not, it's not like he's not known to be playing well. He was drafted first round overall in the 2012 draft with Chicago. And then Tara Vinan shows up in Carolina. Big namers coming here. Matthew Barzal. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And these are going to be the guys that are going to carry them into the playoffs for a
0: deep, deep run in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. And then you look at the other side, Matthew Barzal, Brock Nelson, and Anders Lee, Veterans, uh, two veterans, and then the the young up-and-comer Matthew Barzal. Barzal is kind of the New York Islanders' brayden point. I would love, like, if I could create my own team. Just imagine what the top line would look like with Braden Point, Matthew Barzal, and Nikita Kucherov. Just imagine that line. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I, a couple of guys on my Twitter are mentioning Barzal and the Bolts. You know, I, I'm nor here, nor there about the guy. Obviously, I have too much bad blood there for me.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying he's got a lot of skill on the ice. He's one of the most up-and-coming rising stars. I mean, it's his third year in the league, I'm pretty sure, and he he's playing dominantly. He his stick handling is top top notch. Absolutely. Yep. Just yeah, that. I feel that. I'm on the back end of that. I'm just saying, if you his stats don't lie, man. 2017-18 his first season. 22 and 63. Next year, 18 and 44. 19 and 41. 17 and 28. This guy always puts up big numbers. He doesn't get into the Consistent. 30. Yeah, he doesn't put up like as big of goals as uh, you know as Braden Point would but I mean just look at look at his stats 22 and 63 his first season 63 assists 85 points was a plus one his first year not bad for the rookie Barzal he's what four years five years now into the league yeah, you know, crazy, to... crazy stats there. And when you're putting up
1: numbers like that, yeah, you're right about the goal scoring. It's not like as high up there as it possibly could be, but when he's on the ice, he draws the attention. And with a guy with that kind of speed and that kind of, I guess, movement on the ice and, and being able to pass the puck the way that he does, you're able to draw at least one teammate open, and that's majority of
0: where their action comes in with putting the putting the pucks in the net. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just... Phenomenal gameplay overall. Um, I can't say that too much for your Arizona Coyotes. You're losing 8-2 on the road against Columbus. So I have a
1: little bit of news from this one. So I go over to my grandpa's house today, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I have some mail for you. And I was like, mail, that's not, that's not something I usually get. Right. And he hands me this piece of paper that had my name on it. And it was a it what looked like um, a Vegas odd sheet, right? Mm. Stanley Cup Final. Wow. Right? Reasonable. Stanley Cup Final odds of everybody and the odds. So, you had the Avalanche and the Bolts. Right. Number one Avalanche. Number three, Bolts. Avalanche, I want to say, had about a four fifty, maybe four ninety. Bolts had seven fifty. Right? Wow. Yeah. Dead last. Plus twenty thousand. To win the Stanley Cup. Jesus. Arizona. Jesus. Dead last. Didn't get my hopes up, but that also means if you bet a hundred dollars. For the Arizona Coyotes to win the Stanley Cup, you are going to be one rich sucker. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to be that guy. Unfortunately, I was skunked with the result of Darcy Kemper. End of the day, hopefully the Coyotes can pick this up, but this was an absolute rout by Columbus, and I have no answer to any, any solution to this
0: other than your goaltender needs help. Yeah. Two goals from Coyotes, from the Coyotes, Anton Strauman and Clayton Keller. Strauman scored off a slap shot and Keller scored on the power play. Now the eight goals on the other hand, Teche, Jenner, Bjorkstrand, Wrenski, Domi, Nyquist, all veterans of the league who are known to, to be on that stat sheet. Like, just wrist shots, snapshots, power play goals. Like, tip-ins. This was a complete walk in the park for Columbus. Didn't have that many shots on goal, but they were accurate with them. They didn't even have to get off the bus. No didn't they look really like they
1: didn't have to leave the hotel they this they literally could have sat and and won this game
0: yeah their face off percentage 55 they were two for three on their power play they had more penalty minutes but overall to control the game more shots coming from Arizona more you know like overall per period 11 13 14 finishing with 38 But Columbus showed that they were more accurate with their shots, which is why I say I'm done with the cute little pretty shots or whatever that they're trying to look good. A shot is a shot regardless. Take your shot and be accurate with it. I know it's hard to do sometimes. I know you're not always in the perfect situations, but I'd rather you be accurate or I'd rather you take shots at the net than try to be pretty. Thank you. I was
1: just about to say, I'd rather you just shoot it at the net and get it remotely close.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not – I don't like, like, pretty passes and pretty shots on goal. I'm not all about that. I mean, like, yeah, you want to pan to the crowd a little bit. But, you know, you have to play dominantly. This is the regular season. This is your shot at getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs for whoever wants a shot, including Arizona. So no look passes, behind-the-back passes, just sloppy gameplay, no face-offs taken. You can't play like this, especially at the beginning of the season when everybody is paying attention. Uh, Next for Thursday's games, uh, last on the agenda for Thursday is the Kraken taking the 4-3 win on the road against Nashville. You think this is a big win for them, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. Anytime an organization gets their first win of franchise history, you know, it's gotta be fantastic. Unfortunately, wasn't done at Climate Pledge Arena. I don't know if they changed the name from that, but that's the name that I know it as. Mm. Um yeah, unfortunately they weren't at home over there at Climate Pledge. And just not not the Predators Day, unfortunately. But of course Bridgestone, beautiful arena, beautiful fans. And great players on top of that, but it was just Seattle's day today, and you got to let them have have their moment.
0: Yeah, you had two goals from Brandon Tanev, one of them from Jared McCann, and the other one from Alex Wenberg. Really great looks here from Seattle. McCann on on the power play, Brandon Tanev on the power play. Even strength goals. Uh, Alex Wenberg scored on a wrist shot. But looking at... Nashville, you had Eli Tolvanen, Roman Yossi, and Mikhail Granlin, all three amazing players, I would love to have them on my team if I had one, Roman Yossi has been a veteran of the league and has always been known to be an outstanding goal, t- uh, goal scorer, I'm sorry not goaltender, goal scorer, I'm, I'm still a little tired, <laughs> Uh, no sweat,
1: no sweat. I I hold no, nothing against you. This is not, what we do is not easy.
0: And, um, yeah, I, I give you full credit, Mike. Yep, Mike. Every season he's got, he's in the teens and goals, but he's up there on the assists as well. It, big numbers was 2019-2020 season last season, or two seasons ago, I'm sorry. He went 16 goals, 49 assists. 65 points was a plus 22 on the season. Roman Yossi, be on the lookout for this guy. I hope whoever's playing fantasy hockey out there has him on their roster because this guy's a machine. You do you have him on your roster? Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> oh, I was just curious. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, whoever does, they're a lucky duck. Yeah, whoever, definitely, definitely. I just figured it was you. No, I wish I did, but I don't. I I have a lot of other players: Johnny Goudreau, Pavel, your 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 guy, Pavel Butchnevich, Logan of Couture, course. you know, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Braden Point, you know, the usual guys. Big number guys, big yeah, numbers yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. like Seth so Jones. So we, we know
1: we know Halloween is just around the corner. Yep. So does Brandon Tanip dress as himself for Halloween? Because <laughs> what's the deal here? Because uh, for those of you who don't know, in every single photo I have seen on this of this man online, is literally deer in headlights and nothing short of it.
0: Yeah, I'm.
1: I'm like, I'm, what, what? What are you looking at, Bud?
0: <laughs> I don't know why his picture always looks like that, but. <laughs>
1: If you if you go on, hang on, let me see. If you go on NHL right now, like like the like the NHL stats, and and you search up Brandon Tanev, I I'm I'm gonna see what his actual face looks like.
0: It looks like he's Brandon looking like a deer in the Tanev. headlights. I'm literally
1: typing it right now. Brandon Tanev.
0: Dude looks like he's looking like a deer in the headlights. Huh.
1: <laughs> oh. yeah. I don't see I don't see a profile picture of them yet. I don't oh know man, why it hasn't come up. I'm just saying, look.
0: Look at it. Oh,
1: you found it? You found it and it's brutal.
0: I mean, if you look at his Yes. <laughs> look, look at his picture on the NHL <laughs> app right now. This dude is looking like a deer in the headlights as per usual. Unbelievable This guy is like wide open. It looks like that it looks like a deer is in the middle of the road. A guy's got his high beams <laughs> on and he's like Dude, like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Unbelievable. Jeez, what a guy.
1: What a guy. Oh, I don't man. even know if I want to meet
0: him in real life, but is <laughs> creepy I, I hear he's a nice guy. I'm just like, dude, looks weird. I'm sorry. Brandon, don't hurt me if you ever see me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, waiters, restaurant waiters, look out. <laughs> uh, we're going to close out with the games for Friday. The Devils taking their home opener, and I'm very happy with this because they dominated the preseason, and now they dominated their home opener against Chicago. 4-3 to three at home at the Rock, the Prudential Center. I am not disappointed here. Dougie Hamilton opened up the season for us. Dougie Hamilton gets the first goal, 17 seconds into the first, off a snapshot. Very good look here, right in front, right in between the circles.
1: Right where he needs to be to score goals. Exactly. That's literally where you need to be. That's that's where Espo basically existed. existed all the greats, right in front of the net, that's where you need to be. Yes, sir. This is going to be a good team this year. And full credit to Jack Hughes in this one. Man played great. I
0: have nothing bad to say about the Hughes brothers. No, man, the the Hughes brothers actually they they play to their potential and they play well. They play dominantly. They play to their strengths. They don't play to their weaknesses. They pay attention to where the puck's going. They have it. They always have their head up. Their head on a swivel. They they know how to move up ice, and I'm not disappointed whatsoever. I was disappointed last season in the gameplay, not just, not from Jack Hughes or anything, but from the entire devil's organization, but now it seems as though they turned a new leave and they dominated the preseason and they dominated their opening game. I'm not disappointed um Jack Hughes scores two one off wrist shot and one backhanded goal. I'm not disappointed i uh, i'm as I'm as happy as a kid in the candy store.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh, awesome. yeah, and then you got three goals from Chicago, Alex Debrinkit, uh Kirby Dock and Dominic Kubelik. Uh but the, your three stars of the game, Kirby Dock is up there but along with Devils defenseman and Devils center Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes
1: yeah, not too concerned for your goaltender in this one either Mikey you know, Jonathan Bernier's been doing great things, I know he was a former Duck great goaltender for them over there Yep. And um you, you got a good one in Bernier, that's for
0: sure. Yeah, he's a yeah, veteran of the league.
1: Lows three. Shake it off, no big deal. Move on.
0: Yeah, Bernier is the he's the veteran of the league. I I want them to do uh like when they draft next season, I'd like them to have a good goaltender. That's all I asked for. Because Bernier eventually is going to retire. He's he's towards the end of his career. And I just want them to be able to have some sustenance as they go further into their career as an organization. I want them to be able to play well and do well and overcome adversity. Um uh, I mean when Martin Brodor was drafted, he was there for a while. You know, I, I don't want to. Unfortunately, I'm gonna say this. I don't want to see another Corey Schneider, where he's good backup to the starter and then just becomes non-existent, and drops off the face of the earth. Like that's not what I. I met Corey once, but man, I'm I'm so disappointed. Where you've seen this guy he came from Vancouver. And then he partnered with Mark, uh, Mark Tambrodeur. He became the starter. And then just became non-existent. I, yeah, I want, like... I want, he ended
1: up at backup somewhere, and then after that, he just kind of dwindled. Didn't get the playing time. All of a sudden, you didn't hear his his name anymore.
0: Cam Ward, same way. Yep. yep. I'm just like, I, I want him to do so. I, I want... Not, not him, but I, I want... The devil's organization to do well. It's been a long time since they've been back to the promised land. You know, it took them a while to win their first yep. one too. The, their their team was formed in the '70s, and uh, you know, it took them till 1995 to win their first one. So you know, it can Sometimes be done. Be like that. Yeah, I mean. I didn't like that it took them that long to to get one, but you know it was short. It was shorter in the times that they won their next two. They won the next one in two thousand one, and they won their next one after that in two thousand three. So, you know, nothing to nothing to be disappointed in those years. You know, the Lightning would win the next one, <laughs> but I, I do I want to see the Devils uh, do better. I think their preseason showed that. And I think that their home opener showed that. I think they're ready to step up and uh, and become the the New Jersey team that we all know and love. Nico Hushiers being is is uh, taking his captaincy role seriously. So uh, yes, it seems like it. He I'm very actually surprised. Yes, and
1: yes, and I figured that's probably why they picked him to, as captain.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of veterans that were leaving. I mean, Patrick Elias was retiring. So, you know. Exactly, and there's not many guys on that roster who then, have more experience than him. I mean,
1: there's P.K. Subin, but I don't think he's ever been in a, a leadership-style role before. You could have real, realistically given it to him, but yeah, then, I mean, being on the Devils and then formerly well, in Nashville and then the Cana- longtime Canadian they're probably like "Yeah, he may stay he may not yeah that's probably why they didn't want to give him the captaincy
0: yeah looking at his career you know look at what yeah. happened in montreal nashville you know it, it's not all Sunshines and rainbows and butterflies. I was just about to
1: say it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Wow, at
0: that? But I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's PK Subban. He, he he draws more attention to the ice than he does himself. So uh, next up, we got the Canucks taking the five four win against the Flyers on the road. Uh, Canucks goals coming from and, Uh Pedersen. Chia-san, and J.T. Miller, and J.T. Miller scores the shootout goal as well. Claude Giroux, uh, Joel Farabee, Cam Atkinson, and Travis Konechny score the four goals for Philadelphia. Unfortunately, couldn't get the job done as it had to go into a shootout. And, you know, J.T. Miller finishes it, finishes, it, uh, finishes this game out and puts the nail in the coffin.
1: Absolutely, um obviously, flyers not the way they wanted this one to end, but Canucks were hungry after their first um first loss of the season um You gotta expect them to bounce back from that with the roster that they have a lot a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys in the league, especially majority of them come from Utica comets, and the flyers just drew the short straw on this one, but thankfully came out with at least one point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, not the game that the Flyers wanted to play, but can't be do- too disappointed either. You know, they did play at home, but look, look at the score—it's five to four. Absolutely. That it went into a shootout, they fought till their heart to their heart's content. It was a very strong and fierce game, a lot of back and forth, like the games mm-hmm. that we love to see. But ultimately, the Flyers goaltender cannot hold up in the shootout. JT Miller nope. with, with the the goal in the shootout that would put Vancouver over Philadelphia. So good win for Vancouver. Yeah, Flyers looking
1: good on the faceoffs though. Really outdid them.
0: Yeah, they are. They were 62% compared to 37 uh against Vancouver. So kudos to Philadelphia on doing so well on the face, obviously. Could have been better on the power play, but, you know, like I said, you can't be too disappointed in this game. It was neck and neck right until the end. Just J.T. Miller was able to put put the Flyers away, man. Yep, Demko played a great game on the penalty, killing that there. Yeah, man, I mean, to go up against those shots like that, You know, it's phenomenal gameplay. It's the kind of hockey that we like to see. The neck and neck, the back and forth, the fight, the grit, the determination. That's the kind of hockey that we enjoy watching. And uh, I'd like to see more of this style of gameplay as the season goes on for all teams. Um, Just looking forward to this season going further. I mean, we're already almost a week in. And... uh, Last but not least for this game, the Wild take the two one victory over the Ducks on the road. Jacob Silverberg being the only goal scorer for Anaheim, Kevin Fiala and Marcus Felino scoring the two goals for Minnesota, putting them over against the Ducks. Now, one of my favorite jerseys
1: in the NHL are the Wild. I love I've loved the Wilds jersey. Pretty much growing up, I thought it was so creative and everything. So, I do tend to watch those games when I can, obviously. And this was one of the games, Mikey, that I wanted to watch. I was looking forward to it. Season opener, everything like that. This was one of the worst called games I have ever heard. And I stand for that. This... Obviously, I get it, you move over to ESPN, new announcers, testing out new things. End of the day, if you're listening on radio, and you don't have a television in front of you, I had no idea where the puck was for pretty much the entire first period. And after that, unwatchable. I had highlights on my Twitter, goal scores just as bad. Yep. Um I have I I have nothing good to say about the announcing that was done for this game and I really hope that uh ESPN makes some changes.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I like hearing that the ESPN took the NHL back. But yeah, like you said, the announcing needs to be better, the calling needs to be better.
1: I don't have
0: the specific call right now only because I I could pull it
1: up on my phone but then the audio would probably get all gibberish but I can kind of give a general synopsis so the puck was this was a, a wild goal and the puck was in the wild's end so the Ducks had the puck it was turned over puck is going the opposite direction through the neutral zone across the across the blue line legal play puck gets passed around circles behind the net wraparound shot scored there was no play call from the turnover through the neutral zone the only call was the wraparound goal wow it was it was dead silent the whole way 180 feet and then wrap around shot score I'm like, i'm i'm unbelievable and Un, and that was that was after i turned it off wow it was bad it was really really bad i wish i could remember um the lady who was calling the
0: game but it it was it was really terrible well we hope everything turns around we just wrapped up all the games for the week We'll wrap up the weekend games tomorrow. Absolutely. I want to um, say around 9 or 10 Is this something o'clock.
1: that's going to be consistent throughout the regular season? Because that will be really nice. So then I can have an actual, like, schedule.
0: Yeah, it'll be a lot easier if we do it this way, where we do Monday through Friday and then we do the weekend games on Sunday. It'll be a lot easier and a lot smoother that way. At least I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. That feels good because then
1: the games even out pretty much because sometimes games are piled up on that Saturday so, I mean, if we're doing 18 games on the weekend and 18 games during the
0: week, that would be perfect. Yeah. But, I you mean, know,
1: sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. But in my head, if it works, it's working.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, you know, always looking forward to this. Um, like I said, I, like I've always said, this is non-existent without everybody's help. And it's it's been a long ride. So far, and we're gonna keep going with it, and I'm in. I'm enjoying these episodes more and more as we get deeper into it. I'm glad that the regular season's back. I'm glad hockey's back. We can finally not have to worry about where we're gonna get material for for the week. So no,
1: we got we got plenty of material. We got plenty of people. I've got a laundry list of a, a line of people we gotta have on the show. We we're, we're getting there, slowly but surely getting there.
0: Yeah, man, I I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I think in just this weekend alone, I added two people. Awesome. So, <laughs> awesome. But how? I well, you know, any progression is progression itself. I I love it. I, I love that there's more people that want to get involved. There's more yeah, people that want to talk with us. I'm
1: talking on our show about um, impact on women in sports. I I know she has quite the segment planned, so I'm looking forward to hers
0: yeah I know we're planning for that sometime. I don't know when it will happen, but when we do, it's gonna be big. She's gonna go off on her own segment, and it's something that she says that she's proud of, so I'm looking forward it forward to it uh you know i'm journal. I'm getting into journalism I'm going to school for it, so it it's something that I love to see, especially she's talking on female empowerment and the world of sports. And I'm all for it, man. I'm looking forward to what what's going on next for the show. You got anything else after we wrap this up? No, just pretty much to botch the
1: closing, but, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, just you botching the closing again? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, just the always forget, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, at least I admitted
1: it. At I'm least
0: ne- I admitted it I'm never, never going to let you hold that down anymore. You're
1: always never going to let me live that
0: down. Yes. I'm always never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to let you live that down. Always. <laughs> from now on. Always. From now until the end of time, I will always never forget. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Dylan, it's... Uh, I, I enjoy doing this with you, man. And th- this is a good show. This, this was a good is out- a wild
1: ride. I'm, I'm so thankful. You know, I mean, it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. I mean, I know we have a, a, ton, a ton of people listening to this show. So maybe one of the people listening was one of the people who just happened to be walking in the hallway near Section 308, um, Sticks of Fire, yeah. um, at Amley Arena. But so here we are. We and heard you of course, there's always, <laughs> always a line at the bathroom, and so here's me waiting for Mike to get out of the bathroom line,
0: yep. and
1: he's looking for me. He's like, "Where are you? He's looking around?"
0: It was great, and he passes me and he goes,
1: and I said, "Mike." Mike, and and he didn't hear me. It first. was
0: the best thing. And
1: so everybody, everybody else is looking around and they're like, and they start yelling out, Mike, Mike.
0: It was and it wasn't just one or two people. It was like a huge crowd of people that were like, Mike, Mike. It had to be the entire time. Mike. It was it was great. And then we, me and Dylan started laughing, and then that group of people started laughing with us. It was like just. Uh, I love the interaction that we get. So it was, it was, it was fun. wonderful. It was so if fun. anybody
1: heard me about following crash the net, don't forget.
0: <laughs> never <laughs> the forget crash the net. <laughs> oh man, go ahead, Dylan. Since you already said it, take us out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. If you guys are ever out there playing hockey in a gym, outside in the street, on ice, wherever you're at, never forget. Crash that net.